0: stick friends and welcome to another episode of tap and time. Today, we are recognizing and acknowledging the individual and inventor of the Chapman stick, Emmett Chapman. So on November 1st, 2021, he passed away. He was 85 and he had a long and beautiful life. And it's hard to summarize his life in one episode because it seems like every episode that Tap and Time has ever put together has had him at the center of everything that we've talked about and done. He has affected us in so many ways in our music, in our personal lives, in our everyday life. It's hard to picture a life post Emmett. But we must go on. And I think that's what he would want <laughs> is to not make a fuss. So today we'll uh, just say thanks to the family, to uh, Yuda, his wife of many years, uh, to Diana, and to Grace, uh, and to his brother Dan, uh, who have all contributed to what has become the Chapman Stick. It's not the Emmett Stick; it's the the Chapman Stick. And so, it really did take a team. Yeah. And uh, he had the the right people, and he was supported by many hundreds of thousands of people the world over in what he was doing. So. For the rest of the session, we'll just spend a little time talking about our experiences, um, how he changed our lives, how he changed music for us, and how he shaped uh, the future of what our musical journey looks like. And I I can think of no better place to start than, than Rod, your bit on your intro for uh, The Guitar Merchant, the gig that we had a, a year or two ago.
1: So this is this is what I said when, when I had the tremendous honor of presenting Amit that evening. Passion is when you put more energy into something than is required to do it. It is more than just enthusiasm or excitement. Passion is ambition that is materialized into action to put as much heart, mind, body and soul into something as is human, humanly possible. So it doesn't some Emmett, but it's heck of a good beginning, you know, just the way I remember him and the, when, when you know his history and everything he'd done, everything he did uh, in plain sight of the whole community, it's, it was always driven with, with purpose, with meaning and a hell of a lot of passion beneath it to put everything in motion. It must not have been easy, probably wasn't most of the time. Uh, and as stories keep popping up, and you know how, how, how hard he worked and the things he had fought and the, the, the difficulties he had to overcome, him and the entire family, it, it, is, it is remarkable that the whole thing got where it is today and is still evolving. So, um, passion was something that I imagine with, with Emmett every single time.
0: It, yeah, it couldn't have happened without a good degree of passion. Of, of and I, I think he he approached most everything he did in life with that same enthusiasm. Like when he went to go play tennis, right? He had to, Greg was telling me he made his own darn racket. You know, it was like <laughs> all the rackets that these other people make, they're just kind of, you know, inferior. You know, I need a new racket. So he made his own racket, by golly, like, you know, and like, it, it wasn't enough, you know, to have one input on an instrument or, you know, one actual like signal path. He needed two signal paths because, uh, he was passionate about exploring, you know, the, the independence of hands and interdependence, I guess. But, um, that it just wasn't enough. Like one output wasn't going to be enough for, for what he envisioned. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, and when we got together, you know, um, before, uh, you know, the events he, he, you know, we, we wanted it to be like really festive and he really wanted to include everyone. And so, you know, on stick night, he wanted to make sure that everyone had an opportunity to play. He, he said, um, it shouldn't just be a concert with one person or two people. It's like, everyone should, should have the opportunity to play. And I do recall when you know we, we recently had a, a discussion with, with Steve Adelson, And, you know, Steve was talking about the Long Beach uh, Jazz Festival. And I was like, man, that sounds like stick night. You've got 14 sets, (laughs) 14 puddle boards, 14 drum kits, you know, (laughs) 14 people, 14 set lists. And I just was like, that's kind of how Emmett would want it. And I remember it was such a nightmare for me because there's Don Schiff and then you've got Greg Howard and then, you know, Everyone's got their pedal boards up there. And I was like, this is so. But the thing is, all the stick players just tiptoed around one another. Is this OK? You know, and like everyone would like check in with everyone else. You know, eh, is this all right? And and somehow, you know, it all worked. Uh, and Gene,
2: I don't know if you recall. I think it might have been the first uh, the first Nam stick night that I played at there were, yeah, as usual, a bunch of us and Emmett played that night and I I was just playing like clean. I didn't really bring anything, didn't need any effects. I, I ended up playing through Emmett's rig. Um, all his effects were off, but it was like, it was like, I'm like this, like kind of a nobody and I'm playing through Emmett's rig. It was kind of fun. I, I wish I could have like played with his effects and stuff, but that, that was Emmett. Like, Hey, just use my rig. Like we, there was all these, all yeah. these, like already these cables and stuff. And, uh, so that was, that was, and, and I say that like I'm a nobody, but I think that was kind of the Emmett thing is like, nobody was a nobody, I guess at those nights, you know, which was That's exactly
0: right. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, we all, at least for me, you know, there's this kind of idolization of him of like, oh, he's so different and this, that, and the other, but really, you know, my favorite conversations when were were when we were kind of arranging a gig and, um, You know, we were talking about like, you know, how we were going to cover the costs and stuff like that. And it was always like very kind of Italian. It's like, I'll take care of the food. I'll take care of the wine. You know, let's start at this time. Uh, It it was all, you know, it it wasn't, we didn't get too deep into the details. It was always very Mm. kind of free flowing. And I think he liked it that way. And Mm. I think that so much of his work with the instrument was very like, detailed and meticulous that when it came to the rest of his life, he's like, yeah, let's just see what happens. <laughs> and and, and uh, going? he did like to improvise and, and, um, at the stick nights, it was, it was a real joy for him. I think to, to be able to, to see his friends, like that was his favorite part. Like I remember him just lighting up when he saw Jim Meyer, you know, he was just like so happy and, and filled with joy to see Jim, you know, all the way down from Canada to, to play and, and uh, how cool it was that, and then like he and Matt Tate have this great backstory together. And so like, the, here was this bond with this, you know, kid from Chicago and this guy on the West coast of Canada and all these people came together. Um, and I suppose that was, you know, part of the magic of the stick. And so these events, came to, you know, like for me, it certainly came to, dev- to find, define parts of my stick journey that were unique. Now, Vic, I know you had an experience with uh, seeing him play and talk to stick players. Um, I don't know if it was Interlaken or if it was Vancouver, but where were you?
3: Actually, I don't think I ever went to a stick event where we did not get on the horn over Skype. With Emmett, and so that was you know that was my only real personal interaction with him, but you know you got to see so much of him, and you know he that passion you're talking about he's got it, and you know sometimes he would talk music, sometimes he would play for us and tell us what he'd recently discovered, sometimes he would talk a little bit about composition. I remember it. It, was, it must have been, you know, five or six or seven years ago, one of my first uh, events, and the rail board was new, and we'd never seen it before. And so he said, well, let me go, let me go show you the rail board. I expected we weren't going to be able to see it. I expected, well, this is still closely guarded secret. This isn't ready for prime time. I'm not going to show it to you. Well, he went and got it. And so he, he goes off screen and you know you, you hear you know you hear, you hear the rumbling around and stuff you know like he's you know going and, going and getting it and and then you know that noise stops and you see just the headstock go scrolling across the screen from right to left it was like jaws yeah I mean yeah it would have been, been perfect if he'd had the music queued up from John Williams <laughs> but um, <laughs> but anyway and then yeah then he showed, but you know so it was you know it was always something a little bit different and it was always a highlight of of those uh, seminars is that you know he couldn't come to all of them whether it's because of lack of time or in later years, you know, it just wasn't something he felt like he wanted to deal with physically. Um, but uh, that was always something that was really interesting. Um, uh, it was something kind of a highlight of all the seminars is talk to Emmett. And, you know, and he'd take all questions and, you know, I don't think he ever poo-pooed a single question, you know, no matter how off the wall it
1: was. And he kind of recognized most of the people, right? remember that yeah he just recognized like there's 20 people on, on on his little screen and he recognizes 10 of them you know by name oh there's that and the, it's, it's amazing for for a guy with like Hammett with everything he has in his mind and the whole huge yeah. number of people that play his instrument he kept tabs on most of everyone and he knew who, who everyone yeah. was it's
3: and I mean you could all you, you could say well gee you know keeping in touch with uh, the customer base is smart business and you could say that and you would be right but I always got the impression that he enjoyed the conversations just for themselves, and and that you know if yeah. he was going to go out of business tomorrow, he still would have done it because it was something that he enjoyed doing. He enjoyed the interaction, and of course, it was also you know I got to I got to virtually meet Utah and and other people in the uh, in the family and stuff. Uh,
0: was that in Vancouver?
3: Um, yeah, they were all in Vancouver except one in Interlaken, um, which uh, he also. I, I he did that one too, didn't he, Claire? Because you were there with yeah. me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they were always in. They were always in Vancouver uh, outside of that one, and uh, so yeah, it was good. And times.
0: Vancouver. So so Vancouver is the the pretty much the longest running stick event on this planet. Um, I think that Nathan Aswell had been a big part of getting that started, but really Jim Meyer kind of. Uh, you know, did it for a while with him. And then at some point, you know, I think Jim Meyer has really taken it upon himself, like annually to bring stick players together in that same spirit. So definitely like a torch bearer of sorts that bears worth noting is is um, his, you know, commitment to the instrument and yeah. to teaching, into like like being a teacher, you know, like so many, the, the, the stick community has been, Uh, is truly fortunate in that we've got so many people who love to share their knowledge of the instrument. And it's like, stop, I can't. Sorry. Like just, I just like doing this too much. And, um, that enthusiasm can be mis- <laughs> misconstrued as being like a know-it-all or, or or being, you know, like too chatty or whatever it is. But it's just like you just can't keep stick players from like getting together and talking about the Chapman stick. And, and I'll, it reminds me of something that he said. Um, he said something to the effect that if it wasn't this instrument that was bringing us together, it would be something else. And, and it was like this weird kind of fate thing that he's mentioned that it was all, um, of course it happened this way. You know, is kind of what he said. Is of course it happened this way, and of course we all know each other and met each other. If it wasn't the stick, you know, maybe I, I don't think he used the term plumbers, but he might have used the term plumbers. Like we'd all be plumbers, <laughs> and we would have loved talking about pipes and the 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 nature of the the distance of the threads, or you know, the difference between <laughs> cropper, copper and bronze, you know, and we would have these deep, meaningful discussions and we'd have these, explore these, you didn't say friendships, but just this communication with one another. And I thought, I think that's highly unlikely, but I love (laughs) where we're going with it. It's so much fun to think about it that way, because it would be like, yeah, of course I met Rod and Vic and Claire and all these countless other stick players. Like, if it wasn't the Chapman stick, I don't know what it would be, but you know, perhaps it was, this instrument was meant to bring, you know, not just play music and have fun, but to bring people together. And, and that's another, um, uh, memory that I'll share that, 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 that I enjoy sharing about Emmett. And I said this in my Facebook post when I, when Greg notified me that he had passed away, um, was that, um, I asked him, you know, about the community and, and he said, Oh, he's like, it was, you know, my Yuda for the longest time did so much of this. She was trying to promote it because Emmett was like in a cave somewhere tuning it and, you know, <laughs> trying to, you know, like make the actual instrument and Yuda's like, well, let's call up the clubs and the radio stations and the record companies and, you know, the people that can promote it. And he said, I, I never intended or never expected for there to be a community built up around the instrument, but I'm so glad that it did because it's been one of the 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 consistent points uh, or the strong points in, you know, in the evolution of the instrument where the people that came to the community and found their little space in it and were content, you know, sharing their videos or sharing their thoughts on the instrument, or I'm a teacher now, or I wrote a book or I put out a CD. And so he really came to enjoy that part of it. And that gave him a lot of joy.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think he, he, it took joy from, from, from many different things uh, that happened uh, around the instrument the community is the community is of course at his own image because Emmett gave to the community so the community just gives everyone gives to each other and back to Emmett so it all it's it's like a mirror of, of Emmett's attitude I mean how mm. how I remember the first or the second video I posted uh, on on YouTube and I was like playing for you know, a couple of months and then there's a comment there and uh, Emmett Chapman the, the inventor of the instrument made a comment on my video so it's this is not normal stuff. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. So it's like whoa, and that makes you uh, want to contribute also and give something back. So it's it's it kind of like feeds itself. It's kind of like a, a feedback, you know, a loop thing. But uh, a lot of things that that Emmett, I, I believe he took joy. I, I think he. I, I don't. I don't think I know. He had. He was very assured of what his role was what he was living in the world, his, his importance, of his legacy. And uh, I know I said this to him and I know he, he had already heard it and he, it didn't had much impact because he knew what he did. He knew how, how important it was and he knew that he wouldn't be here to see it grow in, in, in to the infinite, but he knew that it, it after he was gone, it would continue to grow and grow and grow. So he had this very sure confidence about the evolution of of what he brought, and what he built, and what he invented, and at various different levels, the instrument, of course, the technique, the free hands, the way to approach the instrument, the vertical position of the instrument, both hands from opposite sides—all this was very important to him. As was the the offset modal system. I think that was maybe the the one thing that he, he couldn't. Pass the information along and gets uh, the proper reaction on the other side because it's fairly complex and it's not that easy to to hear. But I knew he loved it. I, know, I was with you, when we, we were Skyping with him in Vancouver, and he, I, I brought it up and I, because I knew he loved to talk about it. So I said something about the offset model system. And it's just like, stuff. I mean, he started talking about it, and you know, okay, here it comes. And he's really <laughs> happy with it. So there's a bunch of things, contributions he did, that he knew how important it was, his life work. And I, I'm pretty sure he's one of the few people in the world that know... As, I think we're always talking about Bach. I don't know if Bach knew, realized how important it would be his own life for the rest of the world, you know, for centuries to come. I know Emmett he did know. He was just know, trying to make a dime. Bach was just trying to make yeah, a Yeah, he was just yeah. Was make just a saying, living. I just write this stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Song, because at that, time, that, at that time, everything he, composers wrote were supposed to be destroyed by one generation. It wouldn't even exist. So he wasn't expecting to live forever. I know Emmett knew he was going to live forever. So, and as, as uh, uh, I think it was Guillermo who who wrote something about it, which Emmett left this, this, this plane as as an individual, as a person. And now the legend begins. So, and I really believe that also. So it's like, it's, it's like a turning of a page and now the legend begins. And and I I know Emmett knew that he would become more and more uh, important and his life work would still grow and Being somebody that was predestined to to greatness, I know he would be a great plumber. I know he would be a great (laughs) bus driver, uh, whatever.
0: I'm pretty sure he was like a captain in the army. Yeah. So
1: so knowing this, uh, that he would be great, that we get to share a little bit of his greatness makes us a little bit great also. So in following his footsteps and embracing the instrument he created and the technique he created... We're building the road so that his legend will continue to grow. And in doing so, we're all of us, every single one of us, we are becoming a part of the legend also. So this is a very beautiful moment in time to be connected to each other and particularly to have had the chance to to live at the same time as Emmett Chapman and to rejoice in the the opportunity to to share some words with him, some emails, some Skype conversations, to be as you provided to be at his at his kitchen table eating pizza uh, with him that's <laughs> like i said i told you the, this at the time it's probably the greatest time because i'm not really a fan of anybody uh, but i was a huge fan of emma chapman so to be able to do that it was a very inspiring moment as it was inspiring i don't know if i told you this but he was showing me the shop you know and showing me like 100 different Sticks he had lying like, in the living room. It's hard room not stuff to freak like. out. Yeah, it's hard it's, not to freak it was, out. And, and you said, "So which one do you like best?" And I said, "Oh, I love the, the golden rail board." And he said, "Well, look at this one. And it was the gunshot, and it was amazing. It was actually it was, it was kind of average. It was filled with dust." And he said, "Blow on it." And I just you know took a little bit of the dust. Over it and it just shine it, it was, was like the beautiful- lady of the lake, right? <laughs> it was <laughs> completely it was it was it out of the stone. <laughs> uh, so all of this was happening and suddenly the, the he because we were going to to have lunch and he calls Yuda or Yuda calls him because she wasn't coming down, and suddenly everything came to, was very quiet and he was talking like you know, when you talk to a baby and you were like yeah. Kind of melting, your heart is melting. So it just completely changed in half a second. He was talking with a different tone, different mm-hmm. attitude while he was talking with her. And I just, you know, stepped away. I wasn't going to hear the conversation. And then five minutes later, he comes back and he was all normal again. So you could feel there was a, a huge difference in the the way he behaved for the mm-hmm. world, for all of us. And we're all a part of his extended family, as we say. But the the, the hardcore, the, the family, the daughters, Dan, and of course, Yuda, Always you could first. see it's a thing there that we're not, we don't have access to it, but it must have been the most beautiful thing. Jim Riley, the, he wrote the book. I loved the book. I read it in three days. You know, it's an amazing <laughs> book. And you get to have a glimpse of everything that was behind the scenes. So that also is was a humongous contribution to to the story uh Dan's documentary will, I believe it will still continue to evolve and will come out one day and it will be a big, big thing in contributing to the the whole yeah. uh, legend thing. So, and we're all in it. We're all a part of it. And uh, I'm happy that we are. And I'm especially happy that I got a chance to witness a little bit of it. So. Yeah,
0: it was it was always family first with him. I I think you 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 said it so well, Rodrigo, and, and and also that the the community grew to grew in his image. And so that people that stuck around in the community knew what it meant to be. He you know, both his kids have said he's a great dad. You know, he was he was kind of different. Right. Like a little bit different from the other dads, you know, Um, he was up at three in the morning playing music, you know, and like making (laughs) paddle boards. And I'm like, Hey, I like this guy. (laughs) Um, And you know, for me it was. um, Yeah. I I, I do feel very fortunate. Um, And I have given a lot of time and effort to, to what he was doing because it was, he was down the street. He was, I mean, like he lived in Woodland Hills. I lived in Santa Monica. You know, I'd drive an hour, hour and a half to go see them, and he'd sit, he'd sit and talk with you if you wanted to talk. Um, he'd be like, "Hey, I'm, I'm kind of busy, but let's sort this out." You know, like and and, and uh, I remember, you know, he put the instrument down on the bench, and I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> funny story. So, um, Rod, I think you might've been there at this trip when I was upstairs with him and in his area where he liked to work. And I I was in back of him. No, I don't think you were there. This was earlier, but, uh, I was, you know, kind of looking over his shoulder and, um, in the nicest way possible, he kind of set his things aside. He turned back and he's like, oh, Gene, I don't particularly like people um, watching me when I work. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't really wait for an acknowledgement. And I was like, oh, that's cool, man. Like, I'm going to go over here into the other part of the room and just hang out in the living room. Is that cool? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, there's some sticks back there. He's like, plug one in and play, you know? And I was like, okay. (laughs) Uh, But it it was one of these moments where it was like, I'm working and like, it's like, it's like time stopped. It's like time stood still. And it was kind of like, oh, you'll have to wait for time to stop. Well, I am laser focused on this instrument that I created, manufactured, distributed, and I'm now tuning, <laughs> right? So like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, anyways, I, I suppose the going back to what you said, Rod, was that it doesn't come as a surprise, although it did come as a surprise and everyone all get to kind of bask in it, that the community grew in a way that was very, like, loving, like, and pretty friendly. You know, there's a couple outliers or, you know, topics or, you know, whether it's pickups or techniques or, you know, the sound of the mahogany versus the sound of the maple, you know, like, those things are going to pop up on the internet. But we can't change the internet. But... <laughs> For the most part, like, okay, get this. Any like forum or Facebook page where somebody's like, hey, I just got here. I'm thinking about getting a stick. You know, I like the band, yes. I listen to a lot of classical music. It's like, ah, here come the responses. You know, like there's like 20 responses of people like sharing their experience and what they love. And, and, and here's a video of me, you know, and like, 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 you know, like they want to, feel connected and they want to share their experience. And there's not the sarcasm or cynicism that's so like rampant in other forums, like in guitar forums or bass forums. If somebody says it on the stickest, they get called out or on Facebook. They're like, Hey, that's not cool. Why did you say that? You know? So, uh, that's, that's one of the things I do like about the, the community. I'm kind of ranting now, but, um, is certainly how how Emmett like it is and that people appreciate tangents. And if you want to talk about popcorn and soup or harpsichords or, you know, whatever it is, like everyone's got a little light under the sun in the stick community.
1: (laughs) You had to bring the harpsichords. Yeah, just bring it in. (laughs) Bring it all in. Like, it's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he was was, was truly amazing because... We, we can imagine his taste in music. He liked a lot of things, but he had a very particular taste in music. And I do not recall ever him responding to a post or a video or something that somebody would do, would be doing in a very primitive way in, in, that he wouldn't be totally supportive of. And it's it was, it's not a favor. It's like he was genuinely kind to whatever he was. And he would always find a way to take something out of it. It was actually deep and and, and would make you think, wow, you saw that over there? So Emmett had this ability, even in the emails I exchanged with him, it's like I wrote something, like two sentences, and he writes back with like 10, and to each one of them I would have had, to stop. Okay, I have to answer this email, but I'm gonna take like three days to answer this properly because he's he he would you know follow different paths with every sentence, and it would be a highway. Each one of them taking to a different direction. So he was a very bright man, very intelligent, very deep, and not that obvious. So uh, I mean, I always felt this. It's it's not it's, it's not something that I would I want to answer lightly because what he said he put some attention into it and it means something so it, he was that big of a deal to have a, a something like a, an email answer from for I don't know like I have this train that's doing this or whatever so yeah he was a very very and very kind man also I remember the, the thing I don't know if you guys remember with when Roman Giza got his stick stolen and he's a very particular oh, yeah. guy yeah the person from Portugal yeah. he's from countryman. Poland yeah He was living here in Portugal, he's from Poland. Uh, He was busking and he got his, I don't know, 30-year-old stick stolen. And he had a very particular uh, tuning, like he's tuned tuned in all thirds and whatnot, a bunch of things, very particular things. And the whole community came together, contributing. All of you contributed, uh, and Amit contributed also with a huge discount on it. Making, making everything possible. And we, we like in, I don't remember, but one week, two weeks tops, we had a, a, the whole a thing set up to, to get a new stick for Roman. And I remember Emmett being so kind about it. And it's like he didn't have to. He he was a businessman, so this is a business. He's supposed he's supposed to live off of this. It's it's not like he's giving sticks away. But it, the whole thing was, it just gave... A, a huge discount, just enough so that everything would be available. How much money do you have? How much is it going to cost in shipping and and tax and uh, and all of that? So, like we had like 2000 uh it would reach $3,000 by the time it got here, so it it, it took a whole bunch of, to just to make it, so $2,000 would be enough. And uh, Emmett was like that. He was contributing and not in a very flashy way, but he was just making things happen. In that particular case, it's just, okay, what do you need? I still have, I haven't have got this. And so he arranged it. So now you have it, make it work, put the, the stick in his hands. And it's it's like, so, and the whole thing with the the tuning and the, the markings and all of that, and Amit was saying, because Roman doesn't speak English. Uh, so I was translating back and forth and Amit was super patient and with his specifications, with Roman things, because I want this and I don't want that. Uh, I want markings in every dot, in every C, and Amit was saying, "I won't do that." <laughs> and so it was—it was not easy. <laughs> but he was very, very—you know—he was, was very kind. Don't was go saying,
0: crazy. Array. He was—he
1: was saying, "Talk to Roman and tell him this, <laughs> and this, and this." No, so I. Uh, so it—it it was super cool. I mean, it was beautiful to see the way he just wanted to help out somebody.
2: I always loved. Um <laughs> you know those times where you're on the stickest and there's like a fairly new person asking a fairly mundane <laughs> oh, question?
0: Yeah. That's gold. And
2: you know, B sharp chimes in. And, like, you realize with the responses later that this person has no idea that that's Emmett. Yeah. Um, I always – those are always, like, some really fun threads to read through. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Like, halfway in, there's someone – you realize who you're talking to, right? right. No, who's that? <laughs> oh, my God.
0: There's got to be, like, a top ten. You know, I may, I may put that top ten together, a top ten list of people didn't know that they were talking to Emmett, you know, and have him – <laughs> What's this guy rambling on about? Like, you know, like we're, we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. I mean, usually
2: people were cool. Like, I mean, like you said, Gene, it's it's a fairly, I don't know, it's a fairly nice community there. Yeah. And you know, but I don't know. I'm I'm sure there had to be times where, like, oh yeah, no, I don't think. You know, the response might be like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. It's like, well, mm, yeah, you know, you yeah. might you might reconsider.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember a, a little story about, I, I haven't remembered about this in a very long time, I just did, just just to share with you guys. So I had my first rail board, the black rail board that I got, and after a few years it developed, uh, I had a problem with it, and I talked with Amit about it, and I sent it back to him, and he said, listen, you can have it. This one we can repair it, or I can just, you know, keep this one and I'll send you a new one. You pay the difference. So I had a black rail board and I got a, a golden one, one of the, the last golden rail boards. And he said, just pay the three hundred dollars, the difference, and I keep one and you get the new one, whatever. So he was super kind with this. And I said, okay, perfect. But I really want the first one also because I have this connection with the instrument. It was my first instrument. I wanted. I wanted. And he said, okay. So when you have the money, then you'll buy back the, the black one, the first one. Of course, this happened like three years ago. I never had the money to buy it, and I never mentioned it. Neither did Emmet, You know, it's like it was like that thing. It's 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 here, but nobody mentions it. Which is until I have the money, the instrument is is stored. <laughs> When when I'll have the money, he'll fix it. If I don't come up with the money, he'll never talk about it. He never did, and so it's like a gentleman's agreement not to talk about something, and that's kindness, you know. Just like because he didn't had an, an obligation to do that, uh, he was just being kind, you know. So uh, he he it was it was the greater
0: good, and, and I, I do recall he made a, a ra- he I said I wanted a railboard. I wanted one of this first run of the blue railboards, and you know i did a video on it and was super ex- i was there when it was announced in 2010 you know robin and i are 2012 maybe uh maybe 2010 at the uh tom g and uh bob culbertson's seminar down near san diego area i can't Miracosta college so tom g had a connection there um but he made this rail board for me, and I played it for like a year and hadn't paid him. Right? And we're like <laughs> doing games and like, you know, occasionally, you know, but he never and I was always kind of like, I wonder if he's going to say something about the rail board. Never did. Never once. And uh, never was like, hey, do you like it? Is it any good or what don't you like about it? He just let me play it and um you know he he liked the video that i made he thinks that i you know accurately portrayed it in terms of the dimensions and comparisons with other instruments and the the weight and the size uh, you know the scale which causes you know confusion to this day um but uh when i did say i i think i prefer playing the wood he's like oh okay um you know, do you want to ship it to me or do you want to bring it by? What works best? And so, you know, I brought it back to him and, uh, you know, he kind of set it up against the wall and that was the end of it. And, you know, he sold it to somebody else.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I think this
3: is the
0: first I've heard that you ever had a rail board, Gene. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I, but I'm f- a, a, I, famously I saw that crashed video. And burned. I famously crashed <laughs> and burned at the first Freehands Academy on that very same railboard. And oh. I, I feel like I'm never playing this instrument again, ever. <laughs> <laughs> All you, Kevin Keith, like, just like you do you on that railboard. You make it sound good, but I just.
2: So you're going to blame the railboard? I'm just, I'm just joking. Yeah. I'm just joking. As someone who was there, I think Gene, you 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 are traumatized by this event where no one remembers you crashing and burning.
1: Like, no one remembers you. Period.
2: No, no, no. Oh. That's, not, that's not what I said. I'll play you the video. That's not what I said. Uh, yeah.
3: oh, wow.
2: Well, actually, the the I think it was the first free hands. Yeah, it would have had to have been what was that? 2013 with Alfonso. Academy?
0: Yeah, that's where you're going. Okay.
2: Well, well, actually that, that was, that would have been the first time I think I met Emmett in person. Um, and my first, this is my first interaction with Emmett and you guys had a session where we could like play for Emmett and Dawn and get feedback. (laughs) But (laughs) the way the room was set up, it was like you had Emmett and Dawn on this couch and you were standing in front of them like, 10 feet away maybe like it was american idol it, it was, was like American. an audition idol. It, was, it was kind of brutal like
0: it was like we're gonna oh see god, whether it's... you're gonna stay at the camp or not <laughs> <laughs> cabs so waiting that, outside that, right? that's kind of
2: my first interaction with emmett is like this really stressful oh my god i'm gonna play for emmett and i i been playing like a year and a half at that point um oddly enough gene i know you that's at the uh
0: the, that was so. No, that was. That's
2: the start of the State of the Stick video. That's right, then. absolutely, from yeah. twenty
0: thirteen. And and yeah. I was like, when I found out you'd only been playing here, I was like, what have <laughs> I been doing for a year? I was like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was, I was like, I think I was Chopin. I like, am sitting she like Chopin. I, I did, I did. It was so beautiful. Yes, check the, the, that State of the Stick video, I think you put me in as like yeah, the intro. The intro. All that. So, anyway, that that was my first experience. And obviously, obviously, you know, Don and Emmett are like wonderful. They had wonderful feedback, but like standing there I was like, I am in front of Emmett like yeah Chapman. and also at that i think it was that year yeah the yeah. the alfonso Al, alfonso johnson did a workshop and i think it was like the entire group um and the the topic it was about i think rhythm and sort of embodiment of rhythm or physicality of rhythm and he had us do this exercise with tennis balls and you 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 paired up with somebody and i happened to get paired up with emmett
0: so cool. <laughs> so <laughs> and so cool. The, the
2: exercise, I think he had what, like a metronome going. That's right. I think, I think it was a metronome. And so the exercise was you're paired up with this person and you're, you're supposed to sort of throw the tennis ball so that it bounces on one beat and it gets caught on the other. So you're going back and forth on the beat. Now, obviously there's like, there's some trick to this, right? A tennis, you have to throw, you have to, you just kind of have to throw it and catch it in a, in a certain rhythmic way. You have to understand how your partner's going to catch it to get that rhythm working. And we start and like, at some point, like we're just not on the beat. Like Emmett just, he was kind of just going on the off beats. Um, <laughs> like, and as like, as the person partnered up with him, I'm like, I'm not going to like I got the worst guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm thinking through this, and it's like, well, it would make no sense for me, like, if we're really doing this Can we choose thing, our I partner? Gotta, <laughs> i got to go with Emmett. Like, I'm not going to, like, if I try to do on the beats and he's doing on the off beats, like, it's never going to work. So I think, you know. I kind of went with it and I think we were the only one on the offbeat. So it was like, you know, mar- <laughs> I admit, he really marched to his own beat and I, yeah. I got to like march with him for that brief moment, you know,
0: that is such a cool <laughs> moment. That is such a, and I remember the exercise and, 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 looking back, I, 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 I really appreciated that exercise. And so, Oh, it's a great exercise. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've got, I think you had each, did you have each person had a tennis ball?
2: No, right. I think it was one between the, I don't know, maybe there they were probably different. We had different exercises too. That's the one I happen to remember. Um, maybe we most.
0: started with one and then we did two or something. I can't remember, but, but I, I do recall it was harder, you know, the more we started to do the exercise, the more I was like, Hey, this is actually kind of tough because it you did, have, yeah, it is. have to anticipate hitting it. Yeah. And so, so when you started saying like, and it's like, what if this was three, eight, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was kind of yeah. going
2: into some, he wasn't really, we were yeah. still on the metronome, but it wasn't quite, it was just, I'm like, I got to go with it. Like, I'm going to go with it.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, was a fun cool moment. <laughs> yeah. And he, you know, that was, um, that, that was, so the Free Hands Academy came out of actually the passing of Frank Joliffe, who I'd studied with back in the day. Um, he did a, like a three or four day workshop out at Scripps College out in, in Southern California here. And um, that was my first time I met Emmett. And I remember getting the instrument and being so excited. And my mom actually found this event and she's like, Hey, there's this stick event, you know, going on out in uh, Scripps college. And I was like, mom, it's so not cool. Like, and I was in a rock band at the time and I'm, and then, mm. you know, she's like, I'll pay Rock for players it. don't go to stick. Exactly. Now. I was like, <laughs> and um, I thought, well, I should try to learn how to play this instrument because I've read like free hands back and forth and I can like quote stuff and look at, you know, and uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Thanks mom. And, and, um, you know, sure enough, like day, I think of the five days, you know, he was there days, you know, two, three and four. And, um, I remember sitting down to breakfast, like there was this breakfast table at, um, at this area because it was a college normally and during the summer they'd have these you know these outside glasses kind of come in and and I remember I just like I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down at this table. to sit down right next to Emma Chapman and you know he was eating his eggs and I was having my breakfast and I can't remember what we talked about, but it was like how they prepared the eggs or something ridiculous. You know, it's just like <laughs> It was like a Seinfeld episode, you know, where you just don't think you're gonna talk about something kind of trivial, but it was so easy with him and uh he he was so glad to be there and to see such enthusiasm towards the towards the instrument um anyway so the the you know when when Frank passed away, I thought uh, I hope that that other people will have that chance to go to an event or be at an event with other stick players because. That kind of changed my perspective of the instrument. And then I kind of dropped out of the whole music community for about 10 years just because I think I moved or had kids or bought a house or did something, went to college. Um, but coming back to the the stick community was so fantastic. It had really evolved and changed and with the... Um, availability of communication and being able to share videos and stuff like that. It was a new experience, Um, uh, you know, just being able to, to to meet people and to learn about the instrument and why people play the instrument. Uh, i always love Greg's quote about like, you know, um, meeting a stick player is like the least interesting thing about you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't care. And I always think that Emmett's like, I'll talk about the stick if you want, but also these eggs. You know, like <laughs> I've had better. You know, yeah. like and, and that was
2: he, he, had, oh, he had. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, I think especially at the second free hands where there was just a ton of. I mean, there was a lot of people there, and everybody wants to sit next to Emmett for breakfast. You know, so and he was just so patient with all of us. So um, yeah, it was pretty awesome.
1: Hmm. He had this this is really. Funny way of of, of of relating to the instrument, because I know this has came up with uh, it comes up with, with Grace, about history about stories about uh, uh, doing some, some work on older instruments and stuff like that. but I remember when I was thinking about exchanging uh, one railboard for the other, and the whole thing and I had this uh, connection with the first one, and, and he, he, I remember he, him saying, it's just a tool, it doesn't matter. I'm the least." I'm the person in the world that's least connected to one of them because it's just a tool for music. So his thing was the music. Uh, and the stick, it's, it's just a tool. He was perfecting the tool, but it's nothing more than a tool. And for, at least for me, it's very personal. All of them have Emmett's signature, so I, I've always made sure of that and I have a very special connection with this one and this one and with the object. But for Emmett, and he, he told me this, it's, man, it's just an object. It's a tool what you, what's important it's what's inside of you it's the music and how you bring it out this is just one way to, to 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 do that so i think it's another it's another funny thing about Emmett. he was very very easygoing uh towards the instrument itself uh and i know i mean every, the family will have a connection of with him People with a very close uh, connection, like like Eugene and, and and Greg and and Bob and Steve and uh, uh, Alfonso, also I think, and Tony Levin, people that were playing the instrument, have been playing the instrument, that have been closer with him, will have uh, uh, personal perspectives and connections. I think, as a community, we all have. Uh, it's he's like he connected with us. And on, a, I remember giving you the the news, Victor, because I I, I saw it on on Instagram, and I, I called Victor. You you were out, Gene, and uh, I called Vict and I just listen. I just found out about this. Hammett's passed mm-hmm. away, and we're like looking at each other, so. There's nothing to be said. Let's just look at it. You said this. You want someone to to look at you and understand what that means. Yeah. So I don't want to yeah, talk about it. Just just we just kind of
3: we just kind of stared at each other for a few seconds or a couple minutes without saying a word
1: because you know we, you know we we both we both knew what the other was. You know exactly. So, and I have for me, Emmett means a lot of things. He is has a huge meaning for starters. He's the f- the first individual that I ever was a fan of, in, on the full term of the, the full weight of the term, I've, uh, I don't know how to say this in English, but I was a fan. So I admired a lot. Most of what he said, what he did, how he did it, how he overcome his difficulties, how he understood his role in the world, blah, 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 blah. blah. But I know each one of us in the community will have a connection with him uh, other through experience uh, or just the way he felt, somebody felt something, or how he said something, the way he touched all of us uh, differently. Sometimes, you know, he, the way he touched me was differently different than the way he touched every single one of you. But we all have a a, a very deep connection, and even if it's not personally, if I never had a chance to talk to him or write to him, mm-hmm. I would always be connected to Amit Chapman like most of the people in the community do. Uh, how how often do you see somebody that never actually met another person that dies and you go to, at the funeral online on Facebook and it's like there's 100 people watching this and most of them never were in the same room as Amit but they want to be here. So there's this connection that goes beyond the instrument, beyond the music, beyond the human qualities of each individual. It's a thing that, an energy, whatever I don't know how you want to call it, but that connects us all, and the center of it's like a net, you know, like a spider's web. And in the center of this of the spider's web, there it is Emma Chapman. So he's this he's the center of all of it. So he he draws people in, and we're all connected to each other uh, from this point in the beginning, which is Emma Chapman. So for me, it's pure inspiration what he did and how he touched and. The 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 mark he left in the world, I mean we're all four of us chalking here, and uh, it's because of Emma Chapman. It, so, it's yeah. so
0: cool how how everyone interprets it or, or their experience with him was different. You know, like if you were explaining something, you're like tell me what a zebra looks like. You know, and like people would draw a rhino or they draw a giraffe, and it's like they're all talking about they all think it's a zebra. But like, that's their own way of how they exactly. see this. Like, I thought I knew what a zebra looked like, but there's like 10,000 different interpretations of it. Um, he meant something to many different people. And, um, you know, for, for me, uh, you, you know, having the chance to know him and meet him and do all the stuff that we did on the side was fun because I, you, you get to kind of talk to him. You know, I remember writing him a check. I was like, look, here's your 50 bucks. You know, he's like, Oh, I don't need to get paid. And I was like, well, you, you played, did you not? And he got a kick out of this. He's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I want my 50 bucks. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Steve got 50 bucks, you know, like Matt Tate got 50 bucks. Here's your 50 bucks, pal. Like um, maybe next time don't be fricking late. You know? <laughs> and he was like, okay. So when we, when we arranged gigs, you know, it was like, it was, it was kind of fun. You know, he's like, oh, I'll bring the red wine. I've got some red wine I want to try out, you know, and it was like so exciting and fun in that regards, because it had nothing to do with like, what time are we starting? What song are we playing? Who's going first? It was like, what kind of red wine are we going (laughs) to (laughs) have? (laughs) <laughs> so Robin and I were like constantly amusing each other during these events, you know, it was like, like double checking the crackers, you know, and is there enough of this type of cheese and stuff like that? And I was like, Oh, I got, we have to go on, you know, like somebody has to start. I, I think that um, one year Randy Gretsch played with Bob Culbertson and I had to make a beer run. So Randy had to go on cause I wasn't there. And it was like, Feels like stick night at the guitar merchant, you know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> had to. Oh, just remembered another story. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, this yeah. is a good one. This is I, I totally forgot about this. So, oh dear. Sorry, I just lost it. Uh, so the first gig I ever did with Emmett was at a place called Union Coffee, and I don't even know if it's around anymore. But it's um, in Santa Monica. And I was trying to get a gig at, there's a a guitar store there called McCabe's, and he had played there back in the 70s. So the story goes like this. Um, I was trying to find a place for a gig um, at the end of the first Freehands Academy, but the place that was going to do it fell through. And then they said we could go there, but then it was complicated. So I think we just went out for Mexican food afterwards. Right. Yes. So.
2: Yes. I remember this.
0: This was frustrating, but it was, didn't matter. Cause we were all together and we like. We all
2: showed up and it was, something was weird. And yeah. it was
0: so unfortunate. And I remember just yeah. like, I was like, you know, let's get burritos, you know, like, let's just. <laughs> and, um, but we did, we did come back to that coffee place and do a show there and it was with Dale and Kevin and Emmett and, um, um, I remember, you know, here we are in this coffee shop. You know, the coffee shop's pretty modest, you know. Um, you know, but kind of a nice little place and and so we're, you know, we're kind of setting up over there. And um, you know, we got all the gear in there and we've sound checked and stuff and Emmett walks in with two six-packs of beer. And sets them down by his feet and he's like just snaps one open and I was like, I don't know if they have a liquor license here. And he's like <laughs> Just took a sip, you know, he's like I might give one to my brother, Dan, you know, do you want one? And I was like, (laughs) yeah, what the heck? Let's let's have a beer in the back of the coffee shop, Emmett. So that was, I had totally forgotten about that experience. And it was just kind of like, didn't really matter. It's like just with his friends and having a good time. And it's like, oh, well, just, that would
3: know. have been fun to see the looks on people's patrons' faces walking in the door when they smell it.
0: <laughs> I, it was of interesting coffee back, shop. I think he kind of knew. I think he kind of knew. It was down by his feet, uh, you know, but it, he wasn't going to make a big issue. It's like one of those Italian things where you just like, nobody sees, nobody tells. It's like it never happened. so that yeah that was a that was a fun experience that we had with with dale and with Emmett and and like it was so great with because it was the first night we really played together but with dale and Emmett, you know they were both just overjoyed as i was and i was like oh good i'm not like the only person like super fanboying out right now but like you know like i have to remember to turn my amp on you know i'm like so excited and um Yeah. The, the energy that Kevin and and Dale had that night was, was just electric. It was a lot of fun.
2: I I will say I, I always loved seeing Emmett play live. Um, I'm, I'm kind of really thankful. I had, I've had a you know, a bunch of opportunities to see that and there's just no, nobody plays like Emmett. So I'm just really thankful that I got to experience that.
0: Yeah. And I think that he, this kind of goes back to what Rod was saying about how he knew his place and you know where he was coming from. And it was like his thoughts and his feelings and emotions that he put into his music could only be realized on this instrument. It was the only instrument like intricate and capable of enough of like portraying what he was feeling and seeing in that moment. And um, it was it was though, you know, when you hear uh, a musician who's played for a long time, you know, you, you instantly recognize their tone. And like with Emmett, you know, there was that, that kind of like that weird pull-off that he did and the bend, and there's these couple things that he'd do in the left hand where you're just like, oh, that's Emmett playing. I know that's Emmett.
2: There's certain bass patterns that he did.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I always feel that that's one of the least understood parts of of, uh, of Emmett's legacy, which is his own music. So we're all so much into the instrument, and yeah. each one of us, we have our own ways of and our own uh, how you say it, roots that we're following. But there's Emmett the musician also, and that's the, the least understood part of of what we see of him, of the, at, the, at least the public part. On the other hand, there's and I don't know if we're reaching the end of this episode or not you tell me vic but uh I would I'm like to, to <laughs> I would like to say something about about the the, the family because I know Emmet a huge like I don't know a huge part of Emmet belongs to the family so it's private uh and we're not claiming that as a, as a as a community what we are saying is that Emmet built an extended version of a, of a family throughout the world and we're like that family and we're not claiming Emmett for us, but we are claiming the rest of the family as our family also. So it's not just Emmett, it's the whole, it's Yuda, it's Grace, it's uh, Diana and uh, it's Dan. So th- we're all connected. We're all uh, extended family and they, we are claiming them as the family also, not just Emmett. So the, the whole Chapman clan is a part of our extended family yeah and and you know uh
0: at the first tree hands academy and i was I, I missed much of when dan presented the movie but robin said it so beautifully she said that and she uh everyone choked up <laughs> there was not a dry eye in the house after i, I think uh, there was
2: like silence after you know like you, you know you go to a movie
0: sometimes that just yeah you were there you, Claire.
2: and like you everyone just was just silent when it was over it was just that yeah. yeah. Big, I think, to all of us. Yeah.
0: Robin said that like each one of these instruments is a personal gift for the Chapman family. It's like that's mostly true. You know, like that's 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 a true statement. Like, because you have to remember that when a Chapman touches an instrument, like they're not gonna let it they're going to have to be wrenched from their hands before it's like, one thing is wrong with it. So it's like, yeah, the pickup doesn't work. Okay. Well, they're like, okay, let's look at the pickup. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the problems the action. And then you've got this bad string, let's replace the string. Got to wind this nut down here. Now I have to do the intonation. You know, now I'm checking the height of the pickups, something wrong with the bridge. Oh, I need to file something down. And it's like, it's never just the pickup, man. Like it's never just the pickup. You take an instrument back to stick enterprises and it is reborn. It is a brand new instrument, and I came from Stick Enterprises yesterday. And I'm telling you right now, my 12-string grand maple—it's though it's though it was just made, and and the strings aren't new. You know, same strings I've had on for like five or six months. But the instrument plays in such a way now that it doesn't even feel like I'm trying, <laughs> and you know, right? Like it just it just melted into my hands, and so butter. Like butter, yeah. So, so when, so. It's, it's when you take an instrument stick enterprises and you or you ship it to them it's it's almost like you're buying the instrument all over again because it's going back to where it originated from and the family is so much a part of that. And you know Emmett used to play for Diana's like yoga classes you know he got really into that and he's like, oh my dad loves to do this you know and it was like a kick for people you know they're doing yoga tech. can you imagine being doing yoga with you know to Emmett Jab? And he played like ambient stuff for them. And, you know, Grace does a lot of the operations and she's involved in all the setup and that. And there's nothing that, you know, he didn't know that she knows or has discovered on her own. You know, Gary, Jeff, uh, Julie, that whole crew is like so capable. And there's the most like beautiful extension of what he's started. And I'm so excited to see, you know, what comes next for Stick Enterprises. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, another story. <laughs> Vic, Vic knew this would happen. He's like, Gene, just go. Just just go, Gene. Just, just, just yeah, just, Gene, you be you. Vic's like knitting a sweater in the background. Yeah, like, Whatever, Gene. Um, so uh, I wanted to make sure that I share the story about karma, which I thought was so true about Emmett. And I may have said this in, in a previous program, but... You know, I asked him. I asked him about karma. So the karma came up. He's like, "Oh, oh, I think it had to do when I had the rail board, um, and I hadn't paid him, and I'd had it for a year. And I was like, the karma had caught up with me. I felt really bad. I'm using this instrument. I'm not paying for it. And he's like, "Oh, it's okay." And I, I, I just in passing, I was like, "Do you believe in karma?" And he said, "You know, Gene." I used to not believe in karma because the universe doesn't work that way. Like if the sun's too bright, the moon doesn't feel bad, you know, or just because something has a certain type of gravity, there is a whole like space reference there. And, um, while it wasn't lost on me, I've seemed to have lost the context, but, um, we talked, so we talked about karma and he says, I've never really believed in it. However, I have come to depend on it. And and I was like, I don't think I understand what you mean. He said, well, a lot of times I'll have to make something on spec. And, you know, like the idea is that there's this certain amount of trust that comes along. You've requested this and now I've provided it for you. And like, well, I don't have the means to pay for it. Right. So now I have to kind of, as a businessman say, well, how do I feel about that? Or can you send the instrument and, and I'll send the shipping later? You know? So it's like, he just kind of comes to depend on that. And the way he was rewarded is, is that, you know, people want a second, third, or in my case, a fourth Chapman stick, <laughs> right? Like <it's, laughs> I held it in my hands yesterday too. It was the most glorious thing. I was like, oh, it looks just like the one I currently have, whatever. It's got the new frets and a stick up. So I'm pleased as punch. So Emmett talked about karma and, and it was so beautiful how he said, don't really believe in it. It's not the way the universe, but I have come to depend on it because that's the way people kind of work. And, and so, you know, he would trust on people's kind of, you know, this, this karma, he built up this relationship with people and it gave him good karma, like these things like Rod with like, you know, taking back the instrument you know, it's more trouble to fix it than it is to provide you with a new one. And I, you're Rod Surroo, so I need to make sure you have a bloody stick, you know, like to 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 play because this hmm. was all for the, you know, the glory of stick enterprises. When we did the Free Hands Academy, I'd be like, Let's get you a cut. He's like, Oh no. No, this is my I this is pure this is just fun for me, you know. And that's actually what Tony Levin said as well. I was like, I need to write you a check or anything. He's like, Oh no, this is fun for me. I'm glad to be a part of it. So It was almost like, um, it wasn't something that he had to do. It was something that he tried along the way, and it worked. And that was good for business. And so, you know, not really natively the way of the universe, um, but so far, it it works for me.
1: Hmm. And thus, we remain silent. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's actually interesting because it kind of loops back around to what we were saying earlier of like, we all kind of feed on Emmett in terms of how we relate to other stickists, I think. Mm -hmm. So maybe that ties in a bit. I know like I've, I've had times where like, I think it was Cambria at the time reached out and there was somebody local who wanted to see a stick in person. And would would I be willing to do that? And I did. And it's not like, you know, it's not like I get anything out of it other than sharing what I know about the stick. But I think, I think a lot of folks in the stick community are happy to do that. Um, Kind of, and I and I, I kind of feel like that that comes from Emmett and from the Chapmans. So,
1: I'll I'll, I'll say one last thing: is uh, although the the stick has has become a huge part of my life, it's super important. As a person, as a, a professional musician, I would have I, w- I said this to Emmett. I wrote this to Emmett. Now I said it before, and I'll say it again. Bottom line. It's not important who, who likes and dislikes what I do. Um, but I always did things. The, the music and the videos, at a certain point, I was doing them for Emmett. So I was, you know, like the, the very, very hard pieces, I would do them, do the video. And I say, I'm going to send this to Emmett. I sent the videos to him before. How do you like this? And his, his input was that important for me. The rest, people mm. like and don't like. It's, just, it's not it's not important, but Emmett was this important. So uh, I will miss him. I will miss him very, very, very very much because he was the, the the only, and I know he doesn't particularly like the same kind of music I do, but his opinion was the one that mattered for me. So I'm going to miss him. Yeah, and you know,
3: kind of dovetailing onto that, um, this episode started out with your song Rodrigo called a song for Emmett, and uh, I just thought that was so cool that, uh, that that you know he got to hear that, and uh, and so that's kind of why we started this episode a little differently uh, in terms of of the music guys uh, because you know that's you know your. Obviously, one of the Tap and Time crew, and you put a lot of effort into the stick and into your music. And uh, and so, you know, that's why, in case people are wondering, you know, what that music is, if you hadn't already heard it, uh, that's Rodrigo Serrao's uh, song for Emmett.
0: Yeah, and that was also an album that was, like, documented beautifully. There's a video for each song, and there's a PDF yeah. for each song, so... Here's a
2: podcast episode about it.
0: Podcast, right? Chapter yeah. Time did their part. You're welcome, Rodrigo. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> you know, I, I asked them it, I, when because I, I wanted to call for me, it was like a, a landmark in my evolution. And I wanted to call the album just this Chapman Stick. And, and I wrote it because you can't do this without coming going through Amit, you know. So I wrote to him about it. And he said, I will be honored if you do. And, uh, um, just as long as you leave the little uh, <laughs> trademark. Uh, trademark and uh, yeah, all this stuff, you know, be a bro. you know, and uh, <laughs> but it was it was he, I, I generally think he knew because it's, it's, it was not about marketing. I was releasing the album in the middle of a pandemic. It was not supposed to be on sale. It was not. It was just me giving back and I wanted to give back with a proper uh, title and he understood it. I really think he, he he knew what I was trying. It was like I don't know how you say this. I was rendering an homage. How do you say this? Uh, paying paying homage. Paying homage to 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 Emmett and the the Chapman family and the instrument and what it had and what it had brought me. So uh, again, I'm gonna miss him very very much because he was a really important. Yeah. He,
0: he did not. He had no comparison. Are you guys ready for Gene's analogy corner? <laughs> oh, wow. I know you've oh been waiting. God. Okay, okay. We're okay, like wow. over an hour in already. Okay. I'll be quick. So imagine this. <clears throat> the world is our band. So imagine this. Let me ask you. So let's, let me take a poll. If all the different continents and like mostly the continents were, we can include islands. Who, who would be the singer in, on if the world was a band? Who would be the singer? Canada, Russia. Oh, okay. Right? Think about it. It's like huge. It's like, look at us. We are the biggest. Eleven time zones. It's all about Russia, right? So Russia is the singer. Okay, fair enough. So who's gonna who's gonna be the guitarist? Huh? The Americas, right? South America, you've got like acoustic guitar and all the beautiful flamenco music. Not to like diminish what Spain's doing. I'm coming back for them, but then <laughs> North America would be like the electric guitar, right? North. So so then you've got this kind of guitar duo here covering the guitars so where does africa fit in all of this well of course they're the drummer right right that makes perfect sense the birthplace of rhythm birthplace of life it's like the heartbeat uh africa's like an integral part all these like wonderful rhythms and and uh Maybe they do background vocals too, right? Because all the vocal, the singing, so good there. But really, the singers Russia. We all know that. So then, who's going to be like the nerdy keyboardist with like the cape, you know, and like the big like, right? Who's going to Europe, mostly Europe. M- much of Europe, France, Germany, Spain, you know, uh, that like uh, I'm not sure how far you know east that would go, but it would extend right up to the border of Russia. And I feel like the singer and the keyboardist would always be kind of talking, like they need to talk, you know, like, so maybe they're adjacent together and that makes perfect sense. So who's the bassist? You see where I'm going with it? Who's the bassist? Down under. Australia's the bassist, right? They're like kind of cool, kind of doing their own thing, but like you got to have Australia, right? Um, so, so where does the, so let me ask you guys, where does the stick fit in all of this? It's in America. No. Well, yes, no. in essence, but it's also kind of in between America and Australia. It's Hawaii. <laughs> and Hawaii <laughs> is so beautiful and it's paradise and we all love to go there. And here's the thing about Hawaii is it's constantly being formed. It's evolving just like the instrument is, right? It's a volcano that's like basically expanding the territory. It's slowly building out. The next continent on this planet will be Hawaii, right? The way it's building up. And what you don't see is underneath the water is one of the tallest mountains in our solar system. The only structure taller is on Mars, right? Mons Olympus is the only thing that's taller on a planet, on a rocky planet. So even though just what you see at the top is this beautiful little paradise, there's this huge mountain of that went into making that that little paradise, and so that's my analogy of where the, the, the stick fits in our uh, planet band.
3: Wow, I've got a little piece of Hawaii on the wall in the next room, huh?
1: <laughs> I can see you, you've you've took your time considering the whole thing and going through this. So <laughs> long flight back from Ecuador, huh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you kinda called me on that one.
3: <laughs> oh that was good, Gene. That was good.
1: Okay, no more beer for that table, please, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. Well
0: So uh, I I I think in closing with Emmett, um I think we've, we've covered a lot of memories and we've covered a lot of, you know, of conversations that we have with them and emails and, you know, things that we recall, um, uh, our respect for the family and the people that have helped them along the way. I know that we had talked about possibly devoting our next year's worth of programming to a year of Emmett or remembering Emmett and letting that be uh, at least a part of the topics going forward for our guests on Dap and Time.
3: Yeah, and we'll, we're not totally sure what that's going to look like. It's probably going to look different for each individual guest that we have um, on those episodes that we do have uh, an interview guest. So, you know, we'll see what that ends up looking like and how many different places we can go with it. So, you know, um, final thoughts. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know, my, my final thoughts, you know, I mean, I don't have your experiences, uh, one-on-one with Emmett, but so over the course of my life, I picked up a guitar to learn to play the guitar many times. And every time I would then put it down after a few weeks and, you know, this happened a dozen times or more. And, you know, I love the guitar. I love hearing it, watching it. I love the feel of it in my hands. But for some reason, I wasn't really ever able to stay motivated and uh, and 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 stay with it in order to really learn to play with it. Well, then 10 years ago, I picked up a Chapman stick for the first time. And it's really had me captivated ever since. It's, it's magic, you know, and it's brought so much in my life. Uh, the joy of playing music, the joy of playing music with other people, which... Really is one of my favorite things in life is playing music to other people. it's it's educated me, it's stretched my mind. Um, it's provided another outlet for me to serve the Lord playing in the worship band on Sunday mornings. Um, it's brought me into relationships with some truly wonderful people. you know Jean Claire, Rodrigo, you're at the top of that list. I could go on. I'm just going to stop and and say that through his inventions and his genius, and as as you mentioned early on, uh, Rodrigo, his passion, you know, Emmett brought all these things into my life, uh, and, uh, you know, these things and a lot more than I've said. And for that gift, I'm truly grateful. And I think we all are. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I don't think I'm saying anything that most stick players can't relate to, but, um, I just wanted to get that little personal tribute, uh, uh to, to the man who's put so much into my life. So beautifully said, Nick, I couldn't have said it any better. Totally agree. So with that, thank you very much for listening. And uh, thank you to all the Chapman family and everyone at Stick Enterprises. And, uh, you know, you're in our thoughts, prayers, and, and we love you just like we loved you, Emmett. Amen. In place of the normal theme music we often close out with, we're going to end this one with Kevin Keith's tribute to Emmett, which he entitled Serenade You. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next
0: time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.